Welcome to Mother Vessel, a podcast for women, mothers, and vessels. I am your host, Mame Nyamche. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we have a great episode with Nia Tolbert as she shares her motherhood journey, specifically on raising children with disabilities. But before we dive in, I have a question for you. Yes, you listening. Have you visited our webpage, mothervessel.us, or followed Mother Vessel on Instagram yet? Well, if you have it, I encourage you to do so. You will learn about Mother Vessel, you can shop our awesome merch, and you can read our monthly blog, Real Stories by Real Vessels. On our blog, we feature a woman's story of motherhood. One thing is for sure, motherhood looks different for every woman. As each woman shares her story on the blog, I hope that you can find something to take away from their story to impact you, your life, and your journey. So, like I said, today we have a great episode with a dear friend of mine, Nia. Um, We are going to learn more about Nia, who she is, her journey, and hopefully you could take something away that can benefit you as a woman, as a mother, as a vessel. Nia, welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? I'm well, hon. How are you? Doing pretty good. Can't complain good. too much. <laughs> That's good. So, Nia, why don't you just take a few moments and just give us like a brief bio, or a little bit about you, who you are, um, so that they know who, who is talking. I'm Nia Tolbert. I am a New Orleans native. Um, I would say I'm a visual merchandiser turned interior stylist. Um, I love all things creative. I'm a mom of six. I have a wonderful husband. Uh, We live in Southern Maryland and my man is the homie. I love you, girl. Oh, that was good. Well, thank you. So before we get into like, who you are as a woman, as a mother, as a vessel. I thought we could start off like with a little game. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So if you had to choose between a smartphone or a tablet, which one would you pick? I would definitely be a smartphone. Mm, Yeah. Okay. uh, Okay. Absolutely a phone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Camping or glamping? Ooh, that one's hard because I'm a real outdoors girl. Mm-hmm. Okay, if I was going with you, we would we would go. We would definitely be glamping. Glamping. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I was gonna do it with my family, we would definitely be camping. So I would say it's about fifty fifty. Can I choose both? Why not? Okay. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you this. Train or airplane? Definitely airplane because my time is short. (laughs) I respect. I need to hurry up and get there and Mm -hmm. be back. Yep. Vacation or staycation? Vacation for sure. Okay. All right. Last two. Attend a party or host a party? Host a party. I love hosting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And I think I know this one, but text or call. Girl, which one do you think that is? <laughs> text. 
we could send a whole dissertation of conversation yes. in a day yes. before I actually have an opportunity or a quiet moment to pick up mm. the phone and talk to you. You know how it is. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got to know Nia a little better. So if you're trying to reach her, text her. If you're trying to plan a trip, <laughs> book a flight. <laughs> you go on a road trip her in the back but she's gonna <laughs> direct you <laughs> that was fun that was fun that was fun yeah okay nia so let's dive in and i would like to know what is one word to describe you i would say my umbrella word would just be creative Right. And then Mm -hmm. in understanding my creativity, I'm able to apply it differently to different roles that I play in my life. Mm. So maybe, you know, in interior design and styling and stuff like that, it's going to be visual. It's going to be hands on. It's going to be creative problem solving when it comes to that avenue of my life. But maybe with my children. Um, I have to get creative in the types of food that I cook for them and the way that I cut the shapes of the sandwiches and <laughs> right, right. Um, the way that I care for them and I love them. I have to get I have to utilize my creativity um, to meet them where they are in my marriage, um, in my relationships with my friends and my family, um, the creative self inside of me. I think blossoms differently in different mm. areas of my life, just depending on who I'm with, who I need to show up as for that group of people. Does that make sense? Beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you, you just told us who you are, like at your core, like, and it sounds Girl, like, I didn't even gift. know. Yeah. It sounds like a beautiful gift. Um, because I'm not really creative. Um, <laughs> and I realized that is a gift from God. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I think that that's beautiful. And I like I liked how you touched on how you're able to um be creative in your different roles, like as a, a wife, as a, a mother, as a friend, right? Um, but at the end of the day, that is who you are as a woman. So that yeah. um, that's beautiful. Thanks, boo. I didn't know that was inside of me. (laughs) Yeah, look at that. (laughs) So let's uh, talk about motherhood, right? So what what has this journey looked like for you? All right, everybody, buckle your seatbelts. It's going to get a little (laughs) turbulent. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So you and I, we met in college. and you met Rob while we were in college. Mm-hmm. And for everyone who doesn't know Rob, Rob was my then boyfriend and my now husband. Um, and my journey to motherhood began, fortunately and unfortunately, my last semester of my senior year in college. Um, and due to that and wanting to prepare for motherhood financially, just get some things in order. I withdrew from school my last semester of my senior year in college. Um, So that in itself was difficult for my family. It was a difficult decision for me to make. Um, I would not go back and change that because it allowed me the opportunity to uh, really invest in myself, in my relationship, my health, 
uh, so forth and so on. So I dropped out of school, withdrew from my classes. I returned in the fall. Um, my online classes actually started on August 31st of that fall. And my son was born just a couple of days before August mm. 25th. So I was literally breastfeeding and logging in for class um, to finish out my last semester of college. Fast forward, I got married to my boyfriend. <laughs> we did get married. We still like each other. Um, we got married in 2014 and shortly afterwards um, discovered we were pregnant with twins. That was very exciting. They came about. They are little wildlings now. And, and then in 2017, found out that I was pregnant again, this time with triplets. God was like, girl, you got it, girl. So I'm going to give you a little <laughs> bit more. And I was not ready. <laughs> so in January 2018, I welcomed uh, three triplet girls. Um, we welcomed them into our family. And I think that really gave me a jolt with motherhood because some of the things that I was experiencing was different. I would mm -hmm. say the what first shaped my understanding of motherhood was that difficult decision making when I had to drop out of school. My yeah. family was upset with me. Um you know, Rob was like, babe, we're going to get, you know, we're we, we going to get everything done. We got to get done. You're going to graduate. Everything's going to be good. Mm -hmm. um, but making that type of sacrificial decision, um, I think, was a gateway into understanding that motherhood is a ministry. Mm -hmm. Um but it, it's a lot of giving. You really are. You're a vessel. You are not meant to do things for yourself. You are meant to create space and opportunity for your littlings, you know? So I think the first experience I had that started to truly shape my motherhood journey and what I was going to understand about it was when I had to leave school then I had Shay and then I had to hop right back in school and I had to get it done. I wanted to get it done. I didn't feel like getting it done, um, but it was on my list of things to do before I could get to the next stage in my life. And I had to get mm -hmm. it done. And it's just, it, I think it's a testimony to every mother, every vessel that mm -hmm. it literally starts with that. You have mm -hmm. to make that decision to make a sacrifice and then you keep making the decision to make sacrifices, not at the expense of yourself, but mm -hmm. you make those decisions for the betterment of your children or for your family or whatever role you play in their lives. For the twins, um, that was that that definitely shaped my experience. <laughs> um, at first, there were two of them. I was not prepared for that, but. I remember after I gave birth, they, they came a little early. They were premature. So they spent a little bit of time in the NICU. And I remember leaving the hospital and going home to my husband and my oldest and just feeling this emptiness of like, I need to have all of my family together. And I remember feeling that for the two weeks that they were in the NICU. 
And really, I think it opened my eyes to what I was going to now become, you know, come to understand what family meant for me um, and what my role really was growing into as like a matriarch of my household, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to have my family together and that was such a difficult experience, but it was another one of those difficult decisions of I'm going to have to drive up there every day. I just had a C-section, but I'm going to be up there every day, all day. I'm not going to sleep. I have to pump so that I can breastfeed and, you know, they can have something when I'm not there. Um, And it was unexpected, but I really had to lean on God. So that experience was, I think, a precursor to the triplets, which gave me, I think has given me the most experience um, in my motherhood journey. Because it's been the, it's been full of the most surprises. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, with the triplets, first of all, we were not planning on having any more kids, but God always has a different plan from us because he's in charge and we're not. So we found out we were pregnant with triplets and, you know, we got through the pregnancy pretty, I had, I didn't think, I don't think I had any complications. Um, and then everybody was born. Girl, I just knew when everybody popped out, I was like, all right. They came a little early. They came about 35 weeks. I thought that I was going to have like a resting opportunity. You know, they're in the NICU for a day or two and then we get to go home, you know, whatever. I, I didn't expect them to be. God just really blessed me. They were perfectly healthy and everybody came home together. We all left the wow. hospital. And I want to say three to five days, um, we came home and that was my experience from that pregnancy and that birth that showed me, you think you know what's going on, but God has other plans. Everybody was like, oh, they're going to come early. They're probably going to spend a little bit of time. Even my doctors, you know, they're like, there's there's a big chance that they might be in the NICU for a little while, just getting healthy, not because there are any you know, complications going on per se. But when they came home, I was like, oh, the Lord is working. Okay. Right. And I got right to work and I've been working ever since. (laughs) (laughs) So like those little experiences have really contributed to my understanding of not just, you know, not who I am necessarily as a woman, but the role I play as a vessel for my family that decision-making, that sacrifice, that, you know, you don't feel like a girl, you got to keep going because they need you. You need to be raising good humans. Like they need you to show up for them, even though you weren't expecting to have to this way or whatever. And then of course, as we dive deeper into the conversation, um, raising children with disabilities, it opens up a whole new world literally a whole new world okay, a whole new okay. world girl i didn't even know it was there and it's wow. a, you know it, you just keep getting stretched and stretched and stretched and you think mm-hmm. you're gonna pop and god is like no you're good you're okay you know you, you gotta extend your capacity right mm-hmm. to wow. receive everything that is he's trying to do in your life so that's deep that's deep and it's so interesting that with each pregnancy there was a different experience, right? So it's not like you could say, oh, I'm going and I know, you know, what to expect. I mean, perhaps you could, you know, general, but 
there were things that God was like, yep, no, it's going to be different this time. So mm-hmm. I'm going to empower you to go through this. And Absolutely. it's interesting with the triplets, how even the doctors were kind of preparing you um, mm-hmm. for, you know, a long stay at the hospital. But you were like, no, we all came home together. And I'm like, that's God. It is God. It was amazing. Wow. Truly really amazing. That's, yeah. Um, that's, that, I mean, that's a whole testimony right there. I know you touched on this about raising children with disabilities and how it has stretched you. Would you mind sharing a little bit about how you've been stretched or what you have learned as a woman, as a mother with that? Um, so for everyone who doesn't really know me personally, mm-hmm. um, I have two daughters. Two of my triplet daughters are on the autism spectrum. And we also have a little sensory processing um, disorder we're working through. And one of my twin boys um, is going through the ranks. We're getting over the ADHD. We're doing therapies and stuff to help him move through that through all of my initial experiences, like, you know, early on in your pregnancy, you know, those early days are tough. Sometimes it's just a blur the first couple of months. You know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So our triplets are Mackenzie, Bailey, and Zuri. Bailey and Zuri have autism. When we first discovered that Zuri had autism, there were just signs and things that we were paying attention to. And I was like, this doesn't feel right. I think she's on the spectrum. Let's get it checked out. Mm-hmm. It took forever, but I knew in my heart the things that I needed to be doing, no matter what diagnosis she was going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, things that we needed to be doing to help support her. Mm-hmm. We finally got um, Bailey's diagnosis as well. And, you know, it's just been it's just been so different from mm-hmm. raising Shay, who's our oldest, and Riley and Alexander, who are the, you know, the twins, the middle babies. It's been such a different experience. One part is I feel that I've been in the same place. You know how you like you, you have a a baby, then, you know, the next stage is toddlerhood. And then the next stage is pre-K. And then the next stage, you know, they go through their learning stages and their growing stages. And I just have been feeling like God has really been ushering me through this. And I'm just so grateful to him. I feel like I'm going back and forth. So, you know, they're forced at their pre-K stage, but then we're still dealing with some baby things and some toddler things. Um, And so I'm just being pulled in multiple directions and I'm being stretched every single day. And girl, I mean, when I say stretched, I mean stretched. But the beauty in that journey is understanding that we're always moving forward. So while I might feel that sometimes their disability is a burden, God always keeps me in a place where I'm understanding that my children are not a burden. Their disability Mm. might be burdensome. It might be, you know, inconvenient, but my children are not a burden. And it's something that I've held on to through my motherhood experience, through mm-hmm. autism, through ADHD, through sensory processing disorder. These are things that are a part of who they are, but this is not who they are. Okay. You know, Zuri's autism has absolutely nothing to do with her giggling when I tickle her. You know what I'm saying? 
or, you know, her enjoying being outside and rolling the grass. Like, that's who she is at her nature. Like, that's how God made her. That's who God made. And she just got a little extra zest, you know, mm-hmm. I got to deal with. And, we, you know, we have to go do our therapies and stuff like that. But it's really been powerful understanding that and right now is not forever. You know, I've said this to our group of girls. Surrender right now is not mm-hmm. forever. Things will not always be how they are today. And I just have to keep that in mind. So through our autism journey, through our journey with ADHD and learning disability and all those things, God has really kept me and kept our family in a mindset of gratitude, in a mindset of um, faithfulness, right? Mm-hmm. And grace, because uh, our situation could be so much different. Mm-hmm. You know, I can go all the way back to dropping out of school. What if I never went back to school? What if I never finished? You know, how different that one decision I made all the way back then could have impacted how I'm able to deal with being a mom of children on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm pausing because um, I'm letting those words sink in because that, whew, that's deep, Nia. That's deep. And you said something that um, was very profound, which I had to learn, uh, especially having our daughter right when the pandemic hit. Oh, girl, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> and you just said a word that I, I had to learn because I mean, you know, the word, but it's actually an action is surrender. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and that right now is not forever. Yes. It's so hard. It's so yeah. every day. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a tough lesson, <laughs> very tough <laughs> lesson. Um, but it's interesting. I don't know for you and maybe you could sh- share the feeling when you finally surrendered, did you feel peace did you feel calmness like what was that feeling my surrender is like I go through a stage of frustration Mm -hmm. and this could be over the course of like you know 10 minutes now it usually boils down now to about five to ten minutes Mm -hmm. before I started really actively practicing surrender it would would be days it would be weeks Mm -hmm. I would just be so frustrated And I would be yelling at God, like, what is going, like, what do you want? (laughs) What am I supposed to do? Tell me, show me something. I don't want to be uncomfortable anymore. Um, I don't want to be inconvenienced anymore. I don't understand what's going on. Um, And that's from anything from regular woman stuff to motherhood stuff to an unexpected bill. I mean, any aspect of life. Right. I start off with that frustration. And I think we we go there because we're human, right? Yeah. We want to understand why we have to be in this situation. And God is very quick about showing me now. Don't worry about it. Mm. Relax, right? Y'all know I'm the just relaxed friend. Yeah. So nothing to get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, y'all just relax. It's okay. Mm -hmm. So for something to get me to the point where I'm so frustrated, I'm like literally yelling at the Lord. Um, yeah, the first, my first instinct is frustration. And then 
God has just been like, hey, what can you do to change this situation? Or sometimes I will just hear him be like, this is where you're supposed to be right now. Mm. This is where you're supposed to be right now. This is where you're supposed to be right now. I mean, and it just be like, okay, it's it's a very humbling conversation, but it takes a lot of personal reflection and, and you knowing who you are and the type of person you are. To very humbly just be like, okay, God, right. I heard you, my man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll sit down. <laughs> you know, and so it yeah. feels after I've gotten through those human emotions, that uncertainty, that discomfort, and God is like, hey, this is how you solve the problem. Chill out. Or, hey, just shut up because this is where you're supposed to be. After that, I'm like, okay, I feel calm. I go into, I, you know, you have to go into prayer, right? That's what God asks of us. I go into prayer. I pray for clarity. I pray for peace. I pray for comfort. I pray for understanding if he would have me have it. Um, And then I have to let it go and and let it do what it's going to do, whatever the situation is. It's brought such peace to my life. I mean, um, it's an active, like literally it's like an active part of my everyday life. And it starts with the smaller things, I believe, so that when we do encounter those bigger situations, mm-hmm. we're not necessarily asking God why, but we're asking God how to move through it or how to solve the problem Ooh. or how to get the other side of it, right? Ooh. So in practicing surrender, what I found is I'm practicing surrender for peace in my life, but before I could get to a general peace in my life, I just have to practice surrender with the little things. My son came home. He spilled all the girl. He spilled all the chia seeds all over the floor. You know, a chia seed is as small as right. girl. He Riley spilled the whole bag. It was like a 10 pound bag of chia seeds all over the floor. Guess what? Lord, I surrender. I'm not upset. I'm not mad. It was an accident. We're going to clean it up. We're going to move on. This is where I'm supposed to be right here on a Monday at 315. (laughs) I'm here. We're going to fix the situation and we're going to move on. And it starts with something small and it goes on to something bigger. Like, hey, Zuri is not progressing the way we want her to be progressing in her therapies. Or she's not hitting the speech goals that we've set up for her. Or we need to reevaluate her her list of goals at our IEP meeting or anything that's a little heavy for me. Mm -hmm. I feel that I'm a little bit better at surrendering to those big things and understanding the process because I've started surrendering to little things in my everyday life. When you said surrender, this verse has just been on my mind the whole year. Um, Psalms 4610, be still and know that I am God, mm-hmm. right? And that verse, it doesn't it doesn't give me an opportunity to ask why. Amen. <laughs> I, Amen. I love I that. Have, yeah. yeah. So like when things happen, I'm, I'm just hearing be still. So um, I really appreciate you sharing that. Just to hear your story and your testimony of how you not just surrender on a one-time basis, but continually, right? Through the small, to prepare you for even some big major things. Let me ask you this. 
considering all that you have gone through and just what you have shared with us about your motherhood journey and specifically as we focused on raising children with disabilities and how you've been stretched and how you have learned even more about yourself, looking over all of that and considering what you thought motherhood was or would be before you started, mm-hmm. how would you describe what your thought was before and how it is so different <laughs> from Girl, what it has been? We preaching today. Mm. <laughs> is this Sunday? What day Girl. is it? Girl. It's just the day that the Lord has made. <laughs> it is. It is the day that the Lord has, has made. Absolutely. Um, wow. That's a great question. So I want to say that my idea was probably just a little more sparkly. You know, the glitz and glam of motherhood we see. One thing for sure, like the women that had a hand in raising me, all of them, um, you saw them struggle, but you saw them mother with grace. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't understand what grace truly was until I became a mother. Mm-hmm. Because even when you yeah. say, oh, Nia, you know, you did everything with such grace. I'm thinking in my head, like, girl, that was a trying time. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, on the inside, that is not what I was feeling, but I'm Mm -hmm. glad that I was able to exemplify that. So I just pray that I'm able to mother with grace the way that Mm. the women in my life mothered with grace. And and my idea was much less painful (laughs) (laughs) of what motherhood was going to be like. It probably had a little bit more sleep in it. Um, My idea probably had, you know, about... 10 15 million more dollars a year in it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's it the journey has been beautiful and i'm very grateful to my circle i'm grateful to women like you who continue to stretch me right continue to pull all these things out of me because girl i didn't even know i needed to hear I, i've been preaching to myself today i didn't even know i needed to hear this <laughs> Well, see, and that's, yeah, and that's, I think that's what has in store for this podcast, right? So that we as women, mothers, and vessels, we will grow, we will learn, and mm-hmm. evolve, right? That's, that's the beauty of motherhood. I think that's the beauty of being a vessel that, you know, we're pouring out, but God is just filling us, right? And even when a season comes or a situation comes and you're just like, whoa, where is this coming from? He has prepared us and equipped us for that time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not for us to ask why, but just, okay, Lord, how, how are you going to take me through or lead me through? So Mia, I just want to thank you for opening up to share your story, your journey, um, you know, some of the difficult decisions that you had to make some of the lessons that you've learned and just allowing God to use you, honestly. Before we go, though, I do want to give you an opportunity definitely to share uh, where people can find you, connect with you if you like. Sure. Um, You guys can find me. (laughs) You can find me at the Black Queen Mother on Instagram. 
Um, and from there, it will take you to our family page, which is Tolly Talbert, and my personal interior styling firm, The Cozy Corner Suite. Awesome. Well, yeah, definitely check out her pages. You will be inspired. It's very clear that Nia is a vessel. And as I just reflect on her story, I can't help but think about the word surrender. And I hope that you take something from this episode to grow, learn, um, in your personal journey as well. Vessels, I've been blessed by today's discussion with me, and I hope that you have been as well. Until next time, continue to shine and thrive, Vessel. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>